Hey friend, welcome to another episode of Yellow Soul. I'm your host, Juliette Marhofer Duggar, and today I have the pleasure of connecting with Lauren Brooks. She's in Encinitas, California, owner of Lauren Brooks Fitness. And as she shares today, I can't wait for you to hear how she responded to the pandemic, what she offered her clients so that they could continue to flourish and increase their mental strength, not just their physical strength. She has an absolutely amazing outdoor gym in California, but she did something different during the pandemic. And she actually challenged herself to go a different direction in her business and it has paid off huge, not only for herself, but for her clients. And she loves what she does. You'll hear her joy and her passion as she shares her journey with us today. I hope that you gain some clarity, joy, and inspiration along the way. I truly believe this could be the best part of your day. We have so much to share with you. Let's get to it. There we go. Yeah. All right. Hey, how's your day been? Hi. My day has been great. Uh, Really busy though, to be honest with you. That's yeah. just how Mondays are for me. Uh, class slammed with students back to back to back. But it's just, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, it's just such a gift to be able to give this training to people. Yes. And um, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a good day. It's been a, a big start to a Monday so far. How about yours? Awesome. Good. It's been good. I have been unwrapping boxes of books. <laughs> <laughs> because I had, yeah, I had a couple of groups that have purchased a large inventory of some a personal stash that I have. And so I'm unwrapping those and going through them because I'm, I'm going to sit down and start to hand sign the copies. So yes. um, it's ex- exciting. I know. So tomorrow is my release day. For my book on Amazon. So I know the 30th. So I'm, I'm super stoked. Pretty surreal, you know, so it's pretty sweet. All my kids, my big kids that work, uh, they've all pressed pause and taken tomorrow off so that we can sit in it and celebrate and just be like, thank you, God. It's um, breathtaking, honestly. Yes, thank you. And you holding oh my, my book up in your studio. Oh. I'm like, oh my when did I, let's see, we were talking... Uh, whenever that was, what was that like a month ago now, I guess when we connected on the phone and Mm -hmm. I was going back to when I started CrossFit, which was in 2012, which is so crazy. It was that long ago. And then it was before that period of time that I discovered you. And so I had already had a little bit of an introduction to kettlebell just because of you, but I hadn't actually picked one up yet. And so when I started CrossFit, that aspect of CrossFit, I fell in love with because I was like, man, I've been swinging this thing for like five minutes. And I was like, starting to really sweat, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and then I was like, this is, a, this is amazing. When I, when I started just doing it and then I had ordered a couple of your videos and then started doing it and yeah, just followed you since then. So I've watched your career and you just like, man, owning this industry. You're phenomenal. The kettlebell queen, right? The old school title. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and I just appreciate that because it, it, you know, there's been a lot of struggles being in the industry and even as a female and everything like that. But before I can even move on, I just want to say when you told me that your kids are taking off and you're just going to celebrate this moment, I just like got so emotional because I feel that Mm. passion inside you. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just so beautiful. So I just wanted to just take a pause and acknowledge that for you because I know your journey has probably been pretty tough and and I'm and I really look forward to diving into your book that I have now and I just cannot wait. And I just think that's so beautiful. Hopefully people will be taking video tomorrow of just, you know, you signing some and getting some out and there'll be a little backstory going a little. So I hope to see that. I will tag you, share you, because I just think what you're doing is so beautiful. So I just wanted to take a pause on that before we dive into, you know, all things health, fitness, everything like that, because, you know, we, we can't, it's so hard, it's so easy to get a strong muscle, but having a strong heart and mind, that takes so much and you have to go through so much adversity to get there and mm. having the strength is just being st physically stronger helps us with that mental strength in my opinion and i've seen mm. it over and over again in my own students coming in both weak physically and kind of almost feeling weak and deflated in their minds and their whole constantly letting everybody else run their lives when they start you know doing just the tiniest things like Oh my gosh, I was able to deadlift 30 pounds today instead of 18. Just that little, small, tiny victory just yeah. builds that small amount of confidence and then creates this whole other sort of carryover effect in their everyday life and just constantly building people back up. And some of it actually does start with holding a kettlebell or, you know, getting that first push up. So I just wanted to acknowledge that for you as well as um, how far you've come. And so, yeah, it's been quite a journey. Let me tell you. Thank you, friend. You're so good to me. Your words are so generous and they honor and bless my soul. That really means so much to me and the mental strength. Absolutely. Touching on that. And I know that's, that's a topic that you and I are both very passionate about. And thank you. You're so kind. I'll, I can't wait to share that with my kids, everything that you said, which they'll listen to this and hear it, but oh, thank you I for that. that. Um, yeah, and I, I want to give you a proper introduction, which I always do at the beginning of my podcast when my guests aren't on, but Lauren Brooks in California. You're in Southern Cal, right? Yeah, Southern Cal, Encinitas area, just north of San Diego. Yeah, so beautiful. What's That's the weather right. like there today? Well, today, being it is almost September, the high is 75 the high is 75 and then the I don't low like just get tonight, out it actually well we have a heat wave coming in this week it'll might it might and they're all warning everyone it might break to 81 oh yeah geez. we'll just remember I'm 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 a 10 minute drive to the beach so when you're coastal it tends to stay fairly cool yeah. so you're right I do have to say we probably have the most mild weather in the whole country right now mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I and I have to say, I run an outdoor gym and there's probably not too many places I can run an outdoor gym 365 days a year like I can here in this location. So although this location costs a bit extra to live, it being outside for me is worth it. I'd rather live in a shack and be able to be outdoors all day long than have this massive, you know, home or whatever in an area where I have to stay inside with forced air all day. That's just me. I'm I'm an outdoor person. Yes. So this is these are the sacrifices you make when you do live in a coastal area. You downsize big time for the environment, for the climate, for the health of uh, your body. And 
you, you, you know, you try to leave those big, awesome materialistic things behind for those that are seem to be attached to it because you don't get that as much at all when you uh, live in a town like this. I mean, some mm. people do, of course, depends on uh, what, what your kind of quote status is, but overall, you really do take a big, big downsize to live in this area. But it's, to me, it's worth it. I would do it over and over again. Uh, I yeah, it's quality text. of life, I, I right? Like It's for me, exactly. Yeah, it feeds Absolutely. your soul. We talked about you and I both are outdoor people. I think we both said we live in a shack as long as we could, as long right. as we could have outdoors, you know, outdoor in, living. Yeah. Give me, I'd rather have 2000 square feet of that and small rooms and spend time outside. Yeah. It was 95 here yesterday. Okay. So, you know, 75, yeah. 95. Uh-huh. It's a bit <laughs> it was <of> counting. <laughs> it was count. It's a way of life for most of the people and a lot of people don't mind it and it's fine. You just do everything inside and that's, you get used to it. I'm sure. For me, I, I again, I feel really, really blessed. We've had a mass exit out of California for the last few years. I'm sure most people could wonder why, or most people probably know why. However, um, no matter how tough it can be to live in California, it's going to be hard for me to move <laughs> just because yes. of the lifestyle. Yeah. At the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, just the 24-7 of having, of having that weather. And it accommodates what you're passionate about and you being able to run your outdoor gym and train and invest in your students. And I know that you have a, we can unpack more of this, but I know that you have an online community, which you really went headfirst into a couple of years ago and you've been able to maintain that. And that was a significant part of your company evolving and you have amazing online resources and so, so many different aspects to support your community, whether it's online, but just the way you continue to develop your company and resources for your students. I mean, I've just, I've been so, so excited to watch how you have evolved and what you've done to grow your business. When we connected on the phone last month, we touched on just your passion for mental health and that that for you and I, we talked about like, that's not a taboo topic that for you, that came front and center during the pandemic. And then not that, not that that wasn't front and center for you before, but it was, I think for us as a country, it just, it was in our face, whether we wanted it to be or not. And if you're in the, any form of coaching in terms of the coaching industry, we really could see the soul care for individuals was just as, if not more important than just training their physical body. It wasn't and or it became both. A hundred percent. And boy, did this pandemic teach us again, a lot of us already know and mental health is, has been a big issue for so many years. And, and I'm hoping it's less taboo. It seems like it's becoming uh, more of a normal uh, conversation. People are not as embarrassed and shy about it. However, people really are as well. And I do have to respect um, because people come to me and, you know, as a, as a coach, I do have to stay confidential with who shares their stories with me unless they give me permission. And between my students and my own family, uh, the mental health of this community 
what, during the pandemic went from okay, very good for some, but just tipping on the edge as they need XYZ to stay in the game so they don't mm-hmm. lose it. Mm-hmm. But once the pandemic hit and I got extremely angry because of the, the mental health community was not considered during this time. And it took people that were standing on the edge of a cliff and, you know, using everything they've got to stay on the cliff. Mm. And then the pandemic pushed them off that cliff. It took all their lifelines away, closing gyms, not allowing people to be close to one another. More, the most devastating was school closures for the teenagers and the children also needing that daily getting out of bed, uh, that in-person routine, even if they think they don't like it, it kept them from jumping off that cliff. And unfortunately, mm. you know, I don't want to sit there and rehash it for days on end because I went down the dark rabbit hole of watching the most people that I love the most of my entire life fall off that cliff and have to go down and save them. And yeah. dealing with this is a lot of reason why many people did leave California because we had extremely very rigid, strict lockdowns that actually didn't follow science. And, you know, surfers got arrested for surfing. Mm. You, you would get kicked off the beach. If you sat down, you had to keep walking. You could not get an education unless you opened up your screen. And what it did to these people People became more alcoholics, more suicide. You couldn't get a therapist appointment because they're all booked. And it just, it created a big wedge in our community and made a lot of people sick, both physically and mentally. And more than what COVID did to children and teens. Mm. So that was an extremely tough time. I'm, I'm, I don't know what you had to go through in your area, but it seems like different cities were like different countries in how they mm-hmm. responded. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for and sure. So- there wasn't a story that, that felt, you know, I could talk to, to someone in another state and it didn't seem like anyone was experiencing quote unquote the same thing, but it seemed like everyone was going through something different, not just in their interior world, but within their state. And then you would even to, to unwrap that a little bit more within their own city, you could be in the same state, but go from a, you know, large city into a small town and the restrictions were, you know, were different describing surfers being pulled out of the water and Hey, you're on the beach, keep moving. Just that insanity of what, of what it feels like. And you touched on children and, and young people. And we as adults had such a, a challenging and a difficult time being able to wrap our head and hearts around what was happening. Look at the lives of young children and then just the emotional development and fortitude to be able to make sense of what was actually transpiring and happening. And if it was difficult for us, you look at the lives of young people, there was some really dark, dark days for humans, right? Oh for boy. humanity. Oh, don't, oh man. I have never cried that much in my whole life than I did over those last few years. Mm. I, was, I wasn't even a crier 
ever. Like I, I didn't, I just never cried, mm. but I just couldn't, it was so dark. And I, I just, just seeing it around, seeing everybody just so fearful, just to mm. step out, to see six-year-olds who want to hold hands walking to school, being told they can't get close to each other, to see your six, six-year-olds, five-year-olds sitting in kindergarten. They can't even look at each other. If it rains outside, they had to sit. If it rained outside during the day and they couldn't go outside to eat, they had to sit straight ahead. And this is for all of the, the grades, but telling a five-year-old they can't look at their friend or talk to their friend because they might kill their friend. So mm. again, I know we're going through this, we're kind of unpacking this dark time, but it w- it's been so recent and it really, I'm, sh- I'm sure it did. I know it did a number on many of these kids here and it also created wedges between friends, family, and the community as well, which was so unfortunate. Yeah. It became unfortunately so politicized. It was just heartbreaking because I love all people. I was even put in boxes that I never thought anybody would ever put me in. And it was hurtful, extremely hurtful to be called a teacher killer for wanting my children not to feel suicidal and go to school. It was hurtful to have those things called to you. We were, we were called teacher killers if we wanted our school to, the school to be open. We, again, we're in California, so we don't have extreme temperatures. So we were just merely asking for an outdoor school, like all our restaurants were crowded outside. We were asking for our kids to have that same option, but that wasn't. So it was just the hypocrisy. I felt like I was living on a different planet I felt like maybe I was going a little crazy. So I lost Mm. it. (laughs) I lost it a few times. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And so that's, you know, going into that, like as an adult and then, and you're looking at the faces of your children and you said something being, being put in these boxes that you had not been put in before. And when you were in these quote unquote boxes, Lauren, the, the tools that you started to look at around you, it was like, there was so much that was not within our control, right? So much. Right. Oh yeah. You made some decisions and some choices. I know one of those you had shared that you had people that were, you had two different parties, please open up your gym or people a little upset that, you decided to go that route and you still, you know, work through protocol. If people wanted to wear a mask or, you know, social distancing and you did amazingly well, as far as making sure your outdoor space was, um, was what it needed to be for those that wanted to come. These boxes that you were put in as you were in this space and look, you were looking around, what were some of those tools that you started to look at those tools in your soul that you were like, there's things out of my control. Here I am leading, you know, loving and leading my family. And then also having that responsibility as a leader and as a coach to say, I have some decisions to make. There's th- there, I have, I, I have a responsibility, not only to my family, but also what, what I know is my purpose and what I'm called to do. And is there a moment that you could share with us that was like, I got to get up. I have to do something like this darkness is all around me, but 
but I got to freaking come out of this and I've got to lead others out of this and help them keep their light on. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was, again, in the first few weeks, I was absolutely hundred percent happy to close everything down and follow protocol because there were so many unknowns. But once we started realizing that the, the unknowns were starting to become known, then I was probably one of the first people to allow people back in my space to get out of the darkness. Cause I, I went up and down. It was love getting out each time leading with love and just mm. understanding that people have extremely different perspectives and it does come from extreme fear. And I have yeah. to understand that these people are so, so scared and maybe they have a reason to be, and I have to just love them and understand that the fear is controlling them so much. And I cannot judge them for that. Even though I'm feeling judged, I have to lead, just continue to lead with love, lead by example. And so I did begin to open my gym and I was really called to begin Zoom online training for those that did not have the option, like people in England, Australia, and other parts of the country, all their gyms were completely shut down and closed. And, yeah. you know, outdoor gyms are not real popular in most places. So having, so I worked hard to get a Zoom gym set up, which was very out of my comfort zone. And I did it because people needed an outlet. They were stuck in their homes. And so they were able to get, even though it's Zoom and it's not in person, a lot of the people that were joining my in-person students were able to get a feel of what it was like to be here outside with us. And it almost kind of transported them here because not mm-hmm. only did we just get a workout, but we, we got funny. I mean, we, ha- we made jokes. I mean, we still do. And the Zoom is still going to this day. So as, as hardcore as the COVID was for many people and the protocols and everything like that, a lot of beauty and life changes happened because of it. I met people I would yes. have never met my whole life because suddenly they can work from home. Suddenly they have a flexible schedule. And you also gravitate to people. You gravitate to new people during times of stress like the pandemic caused for a lot of us, it actually, although there was a lot of darkness, there was so much light and beauty that came out of it. Like there was like a rainbow waiting at the end. Mm. If some pe- if you feel like there's an end, it's like the rainbow's here. I feel like the rainbow's here. The fear looks like it's starting to dissipate and crash. Again, there, all be, there will always be people who are living in fear even before the pandemic. And not to say fear is bad because some people, I don't want to make people feel bad who, who have that fear. And so for some people, it's valid. You know, my friend Robert, um, he has pancreatic cancer. He's had it for eight years. Okay. He is a miracle. When you get pancreatic cancer, you're usually dead in six months to one year. Okay. He's had it on and off for eight years. He is a miracle. And he wished he has 0.5% chance of survival. He posted online in the hardest part of the pandemic and said, I wish I had COVID. And you want to know why he said that? Because Mm. COVID is traditionally a 99 point chance of survival for most people. 
the point, what I'm saying is we always could have a way of living in fear. Every time you go into your car, every single time you get on your bike, every time you get in a plane, going swimming, going to the beach. And it's just life is full of risks. And mm -hmm. we just sometimes have to make our calculated risks. But if it's going to suffocate you to the point where you can't even take a breath of fresh air and hug a friend, that's when things are starting. You're going to lose out a lot on other elements of your life and yeah. you will lose the life force inside of you. So I, I just, I learned a lot about human beings and people's minds. Of course, as a, as a coach who works with people both in person and online and have the online gym, I do have a lot of people who come in extremely fearful and I'm happy to follow anything that's going to make them feel comfortable. Just the fact that they got out of their house, walked into my yard and is standing by me. Sometimes that's the, I get people who haven't left their house in a year and suddenly because I have an outdoor gym, they're willing to hang out with me. And it's a beautiful thing to help people cross that bridge of fear to taking that first step. Yes. That's, I rather see somebody come out and do one deadlift and just get out of the house and have some giggles and laughs with people in real life or even get on Zoom than being stuck in their home, concerned all day long. Paralyzed no, by yeah. fear, right? Exactly. The, the, the paralyzation yeah. Is, yeah. is so real. Yeah. And, yeah. but it's just been a beautiful journey. Lots has happened in the, in the beginning parts. I actually put on several online workshops that were lasted for two weeks. I would meet people three hours a week. I had like 25 to 30 people, you know, sign up for each one and people all over the world. We went up, we went on live and it was just so the zest for life and, and people being braver than they ever have raising their hand. They said, well, I never really talk on meetings and zoom, but you know what? And people just, it made me realize, and I think it made a lot of people realize how much we need interaction, communication, and other people. Yeah. That yes. was a beautiful, a beautiful, mm. beautiful thing to me. So powerful. And, uh, yeah. When you're talking about your friend, Robert, the, the word that came to me is perspective. Robert in that moment gave, gave us perspective. We have a choice. We can choose joy we can choose to do something. And I love how you lead with love and how you celebrate others. I've always noticed that about your life, Lauren, that oh, you, you truly are a servant leader and that everything that you do in your, your training, the, the helping others to develop their, their physical body, you are just as passionate about encouraging them to develop their mindfulness and their mental strength, because you and I know that when you're in the middle of doing swings and you've just got those last 10 that you are breathing through and you dig deep, you know, it's like, I remember when I was out on my, on a run one day and I was, I was in the, the last stretch of the last couple of miles. And I just heard that still small voice, like Jules run from your core you know, run from your core. And really for me, it was dig deep, dig deep. And I think about when I'm in a, a, uh, yoga posture and I had this, this instructor one time that she said, I want you to, I want you to visualize bringing your belly button to your, 
to your backbone. It was, again, it was that center point, that core. And I find that as I have observed you throughout the years in everything that you've done, you know, your candid conversations on Facebook, I've, I've always enjoyed seeing your lives. And, and I, again, it's just so cool to watch how you've evolved in your growth and how you've gotten more comfortable with taking risks and doing different things. And just that, that you have, you've always stayed centered and whatever it is that you you have your hands into and whatever it is that you're doing, that there's always been that center point for you. There's always been that, that place that's been your core strength of developing human beings, developing their physical bodies, and then also their, you know, their mental strength as well. What would you say is a risk that you've taken that really defines your life? Is, is there a, is there a risk that you, that you took really shifted the trajectory of your life, whether it's personal or business or both? I have quite a few risks I've taken. I would say the first risk that I took was dumping money that I didn't have into a DVD back in the day when I was told that my DVD would fall into the cracks. I have no following. I have no agent. I have no one. And I was actually proposed, someone proposed an offer to me to be on their DVD for a very small amount. And it just so happened to be the exact same time I was already writing my own DVD. And I said, I'm happy to do your DVD, but I would like you to know I'm also creating my own. So I want to make sure that's not a conflict of interest. And this is a very well-known guy. I'm not going to say names. And he said, absolutely, that's a conflict of interest. You can't do your DVD and ours. So I said, okay, thank you so much. I'm going to stick to mine. I'm a visionary. When I see something, I need to do it, even Mm -hmm. if it's a big risk. And this popular guy in the kettlebell industry, he told me that my DVD would fall in the cracks. And he was one of my people I looked up to. My DVD would fall in the cracks if I didn't do his. He said, have fun failing. And I said, okay, thank you so much. And I was very hurt. Not only did I take a risk not knowing if I would even sell one DVD and lose all the money that I put into it and all the heart and soul, but I also took a risk from people had, you know, higher in, in the industry at the time than me, because I was only, I believe, 27 when I was, yes, I was 27 years old with a newborn making my first DVD. Fast forward, as you can see, it didn't fall in the cracks. And no, it didn't. <laughs> I did. <laughs> to be honest with you, at the time, I wasn't even like this big believer in the divine and God and everything. I'm going to be completely honest with you. But at the time, it was God. It was everything, the universe pushing me so strong to do it. I had mm. no choice. I yeah. had to get my style, my way. <laughs> And I guess maybe you can call me a control freak, but I knew how I was teaching it was gentle for my people because I was doing it every day in person. And I needed to get this out to everyone because there wasn't enough gentle ways of describing how to do these scary looking exercises. And again, Mm -hmm. another time, another chance I get to work with people that are fearful. I actually, at times I have a hard time 
understanding such fear, but at the same time, I feel like my, one of my gifts is working with people who are so fearful. I, I do have a way of putting people at ease and making them feel so at home and so comfortable that they want to come back for more. And they would have mm -hmm. never in a million years thought that they could do something even one third as much as they end up doing. And so it's just such, it's, it just feels so good in my heart and it feels, it's just such a strong calling. And it's why I'm still in the industry today. Cause most people, if you see the training industry, it's usually three years tops. And I've been in the industry for 24 years. The only way I'm still here is because I'm being moved by more than just me. And yes. the calling is just ridiculously strong. And so that was probably one of my biggest risks I've taken business wise. Uh, I've quite a few more to follow, but we only have so long to talk. Yeah. I love this though. When you said that about, you know, this is someone that you looked up to and it's so powerful to choose to set aside someone's opinion that you could have latched onto and said, you know, you're right. Or the path that you took is that you could see what he couldn't, or could he see and knew that ultimately you could potentially be a threat. And so how quickly do we back down from the very risks that we can take? You know, we're, none of us are guaranteed a result that we're looking for. And it's like, well, what if I lose? What if you don't? Exactly. What if you don't? You take enough risks, there's always loss. So when we look back at the risks that we have taken is that we get stronger. It doesn't necessarily get easier, but the more comfortable we become with being risk takers level, if we want to say it like that, a fear is different for everyone. There could be someone who you and I look at that we assume that they're not afraid of anything. When you unpack that with people, it always seems like they're afraid of something. I have so much fear. Are you kidding me, girl? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Lock horns oh. with that. I mean, I have tons of fear. But the thing yeah. is, you know, it just like you said, it, we do get stronger. I believe that sometimes going through the fear and doing it anyway is yeah. what creates that strength and bravery and courage. Yes. And so every day I have, I'm fearful of something. Absolutely. Now fear does not go away, but you do get better at doing it anyway. That's something that I teach in just the practice that we do here physically. We do things that might make someone scared. Suddenly they're able to do it over and over and over again. And again, yes, they're getting stronger. Yes, they're getting physically more open and mobile, but at the same time, their brain is getting stronger. They become better risk takers in their own business. People actually start to make more income when they're training because mm -hmm. they're not afraid to take the extra risks, you know, for the, for the entrepreneurs that I have here, or they're, they're okay to quit the job they freaking hate and be without a job for a little bit to find the one they love because they, yeah. the, the fear no longer runs their life, even though it's still there. It's absolutely still there. Yeah. I don't know that there's a chapter in our story where pain and fear just evaporate. It's, it's always there. The enemy mm -hmm. of our soul works from that core of fear where God works. God's core is always love. When we look at our lives and those risks that we take, I love how you describe 
when your students show up just standing, if they're standing beside you and they decided instead of staying in bed or staying home and they show up, they show up to your gym and they're, they're standing there and to be able to celebrate that step. Let's dive into that. Let's dive oh, into, yeah. because we've talked some about the, the mental and the dark spaces. Let's get to the light because yeah, this is, this it. is what I love. It doesn't, it's not that fear and pain go away. It's still there. It's all about how we respond to that and, and strengthening our spiritual and physical tools in ourselves, that soul care. And you're able to do that in profound ways with your students, whether they're in person or online. So dive into that with us. What does that look like? Let's take the student that shows up. That's like, uh, this is my step. Like I got out of bed and I'm here and they're standing in front of you. First off, it's a very humbling experience to see somebody who has been locked away for so long and they're saying, and they're, they come show up. They take that risk. They walk down my pathway. When you get to my home, you have to walk down this long pathway, not too long. And then you walk around the corner and here we are. And I have had some of the bravest, toughest people that are in my life right now tell me for some reason, walking down that path, coming to my gym was the scariest thing that they've ever done. And as mm. a coach, I don't see that because to me, I'm not scary. On the other side, apparently it is, it's, it's very vulnerable and an uncomfortable feeling walking down and trying something new for the very first time, especially the people who don't get out of their home as much. And so when they do come in, for example, I had one lady, she's never had a coach. She's kind of been in her house for the last five years, even just before the pandemic, even more so with the pandemic. And she shows up and she's shaking and she's crying and sharing with me how scared she is and but how she knows she needs it because her doctor told her if she doesn't do xyz she's gonna have a heart attack diabetes and all this stuff and so i say okay well you're in the right place and just being able to soften the fear and watch the them coming in shaking and crying and leaving hugging me and crying and thanking me because they were they did a squat for the first time in their lives and it felt good They're, they had no knee pain and they've had knee pain and things like that that is that's the the beauty of of being able to kind of light other people back up light their flames because people come in here where their flame has been completely burnt out like someone poured water all over it and it's like you can't even find it and when they come in i more so than just getting them moving which is obvious i'm getting them moving gently and slowly so it's there's no they're not nervous i keep them calm is lighting their flame back up it's 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 a mental and physical combination of a lighting their mental flame up and they're of course lighting their muscles back up so they can feel supported so when they walk out of here even that first day they're walking with things they're walking with more of a supported structure so they feel mm -hmm. lighter so they're not just dragging home they're actually they're like oh my gosh i'm walking taller today but i only saw you one time is that possible i said actually it is because this is what people tell me 10, nine out of 10 times, they feel like they're walking taller, their walking feels easier. And again, just after, you know, one or two sessions, 
And it just, so they come in with a different set of confidence the next time as if they're a completely mm-hmm. different human being. And that's the light I like to see. And they're laughing and then finally hugging people if they come to a group. When they haven't touched somebody for three years, I see people hugging each other and like crying because they haven't felt another body next to them. And so again, the strength and the mobility and all the wonderful things we do to develop that, that confidence also the community and having other people um, is just so powerful. It yeah. is, it is truly life-changing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. We need each other, right, Lauren? And we need each other to believe anything oh. different is an injustice to our own oh. soul. It's, it's a lie to believe anything different. Yeah. You and oh. me, we need each other. Yeah. There's a, I feel like there's Absolutely. an intention, you know, the confidence and standing taller on the inside that you are also equipping others with how to live their lives with intention, however small those steps may seem that they're taking. What's a starting point for someone who's finding themselves in a place in their life where metaphorically speaking, that they're still laying in bed thinking about whether or not they want to walk out the front door, put on a DVD or log on to your zoom class yeah well if the person is local the starting point is coming to see me or some sort of well-known coach that you know obviously it that's the tough part i have to say having that starting point is tough for a lot of people because depending on their history and trauma in their past not everybody feels comfortable going to just a traditional gym hiring any kind of trainer because let's face it you know look I'm not here to badmouth trainers but at the same token 98% of the trainers and I have to say don't quite fully know what they're doing I'm just gonna say that right there and that's only from years and years of travels going into different gyms and just kind of doing my own thing and watching having my own family and parents hiring other trainers and peeking in here and there and seeing, and then my family getting injured and things like that. Look, I'm not gonna say there. So it is hard to find someone who's really gonna take good care of you as far as that goes. But if you can find someone with good, wonderful testimonials that have helped people more than just how they look, you don't just yeah. go for a coach that is ripped and you know, got their weekend certification in one or two days, you go for someone with, you know, at least, again, at this point, if depending if you're a little older, I definitely recommend finding someone with at least 10 to 15 years of experience, because they're going to be the ones that understand the body. And the best thing to do is really hire them one on one, whether it is in person, or on zoom, zoom is the next best thing. If you can find someone local, that would be ideal. Now, I know you mentioned the DVD that is, you know, getting, putting a DVD in or, or streaming something that is good. It's not my first, if in a perfect world, if finances weren't an issue, having that feedback and that conversation with an expert to be the number one thing where you start. And if you can't afford any of that, the number one thing is walk out your front door and walk. Just walk for 15 minutes. That's where you would start. If you are unable to find any sort of strength coach in the beginning, 
begin a walking routine. We can all, most of us hopefully have that luxury to be able to walk and move our legs. That would be where I would first begin. If you don't have the luxury for a one-on-one -on -one coach, at least just for a few sessions, just to get build momentum and get you started. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It gets your mind and body moving. Right. And you and I touched on that when we talked the last time, because I shared with you five and a half years ago when the adult trauma unraveled in my life is that I, and I reference this in my book that there was a day for me that I remember putting on my shoes and going to a trail that I now call my trail of healing. And there was a, um, there was these large rocks and I got my, my special stones, but I touch them every time I go run on that trail. Um, but it was a moment for me where I remember that, that, that day there was, I felt that warrior rising up on the inside of me. It just started off as, as walking. And, you know, before that I had already been doing kettlebell and just different, different aspects of, of fitness never, never walking to strengthen my mind, never doing something that was solely for my mental health. And that's what that day became for me. And it changed everything. And so it wasn't stepping outside of my front door to change my physical body. That wasn't even on my radar. I was just trying to live. I, literally, I was like surviving you know, I was, I was so numb and, and bereaved at that point in my life and in my journey that, that moment for me has never stopped. You know, when I share with people that I started off walking and then, you know, run miles every day and, and I, you know, those are, I kind of go in and out of both of those, whether I, I listen to my body, whether I want to walk or run. Um, but normally putting, you know, 35, 40 miles out every single week week that my physical body isn't even on my radar. You know, I don't run to yeah. eat. I don't walk to eat. You know, I don't want to yeah. run and walk to consume calories. Uh, right. I run and walk to, to think and to pray and to get clarity and perspective and, you know, thinking about other people and what people that I'm coaching throughout the week, what they're going through and being able to, to just hear and to listen. And it's just that hour for me of no one's demanding anything of me. And that's really powerful because that moment that someone, you know, quote unquote steps into Mark Sisson, when I went through his primal health coaching program, that was, that's one of the things that he is very passionate about is JFW. He says, just freaking walk, just like what you just yes. said is just freaking mm -hmm. walk. We mm -hmm. think, Oh, at the very least walk. No, that is a, that is a significant step for So for the listener that's saying, what's my starting point, Lauren, I love that. It really is powerful. powerful. Regardless of what I'm doing, kettlebell Pilates, bar, strength training, whatever that looks like, I always find time to walk or run. Always. Walking is so underrated, so underutilized, yeah. and it really is the core and base baseline. And just like you said, you could be doing Pilates and all kinds of other activities, but having walking as that base, it's like flossing your teeth. It's more than that it's clearing the yeah. cobwebs in both your mind and body it's mm. just it it creates more productivity it it's where i come up with 
the best ideas I've ever had, you know, it's yes. where I figure it's, it's, you figure out solutions. You can figure out huge life changes just on a walk if you allow it. And, and so it really is not just a starting point, but it's a, a point of just longevity and continuing yeah. to establish, you know, some sort of daily walking routine for the rest of your life. And it's, yeah, it's a life absolutely. force. It really is. Yeah. 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 I love that. So Sustainability. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. you and I touched on that when we talked, right? Is that, and here you are years into this. Yeah. So I have a degree in uh, kinesiology with an emphasis in uh, fitness, nutrition, and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kinesiology. Mm-hmm. And then I have too many certifications to, to list over the years <laughs> and clinical right. nutrition and yeah, yeah. Yeah. All that. So just lots of various certifications over the years. I even created my own a few years ago, but when the pandemic hit, I put that on hold because I want to do my certifications in person. So if I feel like I have the time at this point, I would like to start putting more energy into that at some point in the future again, because my kettlebell certifications are very different from any ones that are out at this point. Um, And it does bring people in and make people comfortable and teach them how to teach to people who are real mainstream people versus just to elite athletes. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's so, so exciting. I'm, I'm yeah. stoked about that. You'll have to keep us posted. That's amazing. Abs- well, you know, and just knowing your background, knowing your, your certifications and your degree and that, you are passionate about sustainability. What can, you know, looking at your students, looking at a new client and providing them with perspective and living a life of intention that you're able to do that, Lauren, because, well, knowing that you're a servant leader, knowing that you lead with love, that you are someone who empowers others to reach for and live and create a different life and find a new normal. And that's because it's your life. That's the life you live. You can, you can encourage others to reach and to take risks because it's, it's what you live day in and day out. And so I would love for you to share with us, what are some rhythms in your life? I love that you just shared that if our listeners, hopefully they didn't miss that, that Lauren walks. <laughs> she said it's where oh, she finds her creativity, creates yes. programs, some of her best ideas, right? I can only imagine uh, on your, your beach walks. Um, <laughs> you know, what are some rhythms in your life that, you know, you've, you've done 10, 15 years or 20 plus years, and you're still doing them today because those are, choices for you you, that have created the foundation on which you have built your life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, as far as habits go and just things that, I mean, of course we've touched upon the walking, but strength has been the underlying place that I put my focus in. But you would think I would put it in as much as a lot of people assume I live in the gym and I'm thinking I live in my sessions. 
you'd be mm. surprised that some of my sessions are 15 to 20 minutes and then I'm done for the day because I am busy training not only lots of people, creating programs and taking care of children because I'm a mother as well yeah. and running a business. But so I don't always have that the luxury of having the time or even energy sometimes for myself. I'm sure as you as a mom, you understand that sure. sometimes we put ourselves yes. last. So that's been a big, a big priority for me lately is to really stop putting myself last because I am always coaching moms and women of how to prioritize themselves so that the, that way they can give to the rest of their family. Because without you being full, you can't be the best mom or wife or just human being for yourself or friend if you're not giving yourself the luxury of the gift of taking care of yourself, which includes the walking and includes making sure that you, that you stay strong and you choose to be strong in life because we do make a choice. And if we choose not to train our bodies by, even if it's, you know, 10 squats a day and working on getting that stronger push up or pull up, which has been, a huge part of my life. I don't even need kettlebells anymore, to be honest with you, Juliet. Yeah. I could just do everything with my body. I've learned that you are really your own gym just by carrying, just by walking. But you can do all these different drills and crazy little mobility things to keep yourself super open, mobile, healthy, and strong at the same time with, without a kettlebell. So mm. we can't use the excuse anymore. Well, I can't afford a kettlebell because we can't use that excuse. There's way, there's multiple ways to keep your body strong and call it strength training and resistance training. And that is hands down, in addition to walking, the most important aspect of, of my career as, and life as far as um, my physical goes. I need yeah. that because you do lose muscle as you get older. You absolutely lose it. You lose lots of things as you get older. And so if you choose not to spend the time of just making sure you can still squat up and down off a toilet, basically, and yeah. bare minimum being able to pull and push your own body. And again, it doesn't have to be these hardcore extreme workouts where you are so sore you can't move. I'm just saying maintain or push yourself out of your comfort zone here and there. It doesn't have to be these uh, grueling, excuse me, workouts where you're crawling out of there. That's exactly mm -hmm. the opposite of what you need as you get older. Yeah. Because then you break your body down. So people are shocked that when a lot of times people come to see me, you know, say, for example, I have one lady who started coming to see me. She was working out six days a week at some gym, killing herself. And she said, you know, I've worked out the last six days a week for the last eight months and I'm gaining weight. I'm, I'm not dropping one pound. I've, I'm mm. 40 pounds overweight and I'm just gaining weight. But I work out six days a week. Then she comes to me. She works out two days a week, half the time, and suddenly the weight starts coming off and she's confused. And so a lot of people don't understand that less is more. Yeah. Less is absolutely. more is the key if mm. for those that do want to. And so it's a huge mindset. People panic when they don't do these extreme hardcore workouts. When I said, okay, you're going to stop running. You're going to stop swimming or start. 
you're going to go more for a walk. You'll go for a leisurely swim instead of a regular swim. And you're just going to lift weights for 15 minutes today. Sorry. And suddenly their bodies start thanking them. And so that's been a huge philosophy of mine is really doing just the bare minimum of what your body actually needs to grow and to improve versus breaking it down so much that your body is so stressed out in fight or flight and it even affects your sleep and your hormones. That's been the biggest balance as far as my, so that's why I do way less. I do so little. It's almost kind of funny. I'm like, wow, how did I get so strong this week? I've I've worked out 10 minutes last week. Like it's, and I'm not promoting not training, but I am promoting this less is more um, philosophy because it truly is life-changing for both myself and students. It really is. Yeah. Just being kind and gentle to yourself Mm -hmm. and there's strength in that. And I love that less is more concept. It's so powerful because it's almost like an elimination diet where once you start taking crap out, then you can actually identify what you do and do not respond to. And so as you eliminate what doesn't serve you and what does serve you rises to the surface and you give space for that. And I love how you're able to teach that and through investing in others and helping them to nurture that kindness to themselves, it just naturally translates into spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will. Lauren, you're amazing. I could, you know, I want to honor and respect your time. I keep, oh, you're too keep kind. You're forever. You're just so freaking awesome. And this is great. I mean, it's just, you're phenomenal. And I've wanted to have you on here for quite some time. So thank you for saying yes. And tell our listeners, how can we get in touch with you? Uh, The easiest way might be Instagram these days. That's where we are at this point, uh, which would be at Lauren Brooks Fitness. Um, but if you like websites, you can find me at laurenbrooksfitness.com. So those are two very easy ways to find me. And I mean, you have, you're just such a breath of fresh air. You're such a pleasure to speak with. And yeah, it's just, I, it was such an honor to be on your podcast today. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, friend. Well, that means the world. And I can't wait to make it out to California one day to walk that beach with you. I'm counting on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Checking out that outdoor it. gym that you have. I'm excited. We'll have, we'll have to do a, we'll have to do a live to show, to show our listeners what that, that looks like. Well, thank 100%. you again. And thank I look you. forward to circling back with you and hearing about this potential certification you're going to put through. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for stopping by right, and hanging out you. with us. All right. Absolutely. Bye. Take care. All, All right. right. Bye, Until Julia. next time. Cheers. Absolutely. See you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into Yellow Soul today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did and you feel refreshed, inspired, and empowered to share your story of resilience with others. Make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. I absolutely adore reading your reviews and seeing how this podcast is empowering your life. So if you haven't yet, it would mean the world to me for you to write one. It reminds me that we are all here for the greater good. And 
please share with me topics that you would like to hear more about. Also, I would love to hear from you on Instagram. You can find me at Juliet Marhofer Duggar, where I have so much fun posting your reviews to stir up hope in another soul. Thanks again for holding space for this conversation today and sharing it with your girlfriends. Together, we are inspiring others to begin their own yellow soul dialogue. Cheers, friend. I cannot wait to chat again soon.